Today's show is pre-recorded, so we're not going to be able to take your great calls, but stay tuned. This is actually one of our best shows. Well, this is Ed Sensor Live, and this and every Saturday at this time, we have a really what I think are helpful conversations. Lots of them, and I love having them because I love to bring guests to you that I think have insight, insights and helpful uh, information and thinking that help you really kind of you know live on mission, show and share the love of Jesus, and more. And today's guest is going to do that uh, just as uh, as well. And we're going to have a conversation really about about sometimes the challenges of just communicating with people uh, who are not maybe followers of Jesus. I was I was just recently had a conversation. Um, I was uh, I guess I probably won't give too much of the details, but but just a conversation with someone who I was engaging in a business transaction with. Um, that sounds that sounds very high end. It was basically I was buying something. Um, and just started a conversation and the person you know I always one of the things I try to do just as a spiritual discipline is I ask the Lord uh, every week for the uh, well, I ask the Lord regularly though that every week I might have the privilege of having a gospel conversation with somebody just like you know people have spiritual disciplines like praying and and reading their Bible and maybe fasting on a regular basis I ask the Lord for the spiritual discipline practice of sharing the gospel on a weekly basis and I found that that the Lord just opens those doors when you're looking for him to open those doors so anyway so I'm having this conversation with this gentleman and you know it's not just me buying something but it takes a few minutes so in the midst of that he asks you know well you know what brought you here and I, I said well I just I just moved here so uh, as of right now by the way I am broadcasting live from my new little mini studio place at Mariner's Church where so thanks to Mariner's Church where I serve as a teaching pastor and scholar in residence so so anyway so I just told him I just moved here and um, he asked what I did. I told him I was the the dean at Biola University, and he kind of he almost had a familiarity with that. But and then he started asking some questions, and then I told him I was you know I was teaching pastor at this church, and he he said to me, um, you know, I just said in the back room said I just had said you know God I just had some questions I need some I need some guidance and direction. It just seems like you're here, and just like the Lord opened the door and. Um, and we were able to have this conversation, but what was important worth noting is that, that I, I wasn't at a place where I, um, you know, could use a lot of religious terminology. Um, there was, um, you know, I, I, I come from, you know, I, I, I teach at a Christian university. I, I'm a pastor, right? So, um, there was already a communication gap, which I was very comfortable bridging, but we, we know that it exists and. And we're going to talk a little bit about about how do we bridge some of those those gaps today. We're going to talk some today about how the Lord opened and closes doors. We're going to talk about the language of culture, the culture's paying attention to, and the language of Christ is how it relates to prayer. We're going to talk about all these different languages. Speaking these two languages makes us, in a sense, bilingual. We're going to talk about all these things. And our guest today is Shauna Pilgrim, and he, she and her husband, Ben Lee, uh, co-lead Epic Church. She serves as the teaching t- on the teaching team there at Epic and is network director for Alpha USA. You've heard me. I've had guests from Alpha on before. She writes for uh, really everyday people, everyday evangelists, she calls it, on her blog. And she's written the new book, uh, which we're going to talk about today, Translating Jesus, How to Share Your Faith in Language Today's Culture Can Understand. We actually have five copies of the book. Now, again, whenever I say that, they always remind me, like my team always reminds me, when I say we're giving away five copies of the book, it's not calling up and saying, hey, can I get a copy of the book? No, no, no. We're giving copies away to the brilliant callers and insightful questions and people who call in. And that number to call in, by the way, is 
five four eight three six seven five. So let's talk about um, first about who this book is written for or written to. Shauna, thanks for joining us on the program. Tell us a little bit about the book and your focus. Absolutely, Ed. It's it's good to be on here with you. Yeah, this book. I really had two people in mind, and even when I say that, like the like, actually, I actually have two faces that come that come to my mind, and it's the person who is so entrenched in the church that they're afraid and unsure how to engage with culture. And it's also the person who is new to Christ and they're so entrenched in the culture that they're trying to figure out the language of the church and of Christianity. Yeah. I think it's an important distinction. Largely, you know, I I come from a uh, mostly non-Christian family and it's there, there, it's almost like I got to change language when I, when I go into some of those different settings, which I'm very comfortable with. I actually find, enjoyable you know we we both live in california this is not the bible belt uh and your part of california is much more unchurched than my part of california um so 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 how do people get these language patterns in the first place um why why, why does it matter that we we kind of think about those things yeah i love that ed and my my roots are in the south so i grew up in the bible belt i grew up as a pastor's kid so yes even though i've written this book out of the culture of san francisco it was not my upbringing. My upbringing was entrenched in the church. I was there, you know, the saying, you know, every time the doors were open. So I learned the language of church, the language of Christ at a very young age. But it's been living in the culture that I'm in, that we're ministering in, where I've learned to speak the language of the culture. And it comes just from paying attention. I love that it's not, um, when I say these everyday evangelists that I write to, it's because we all get practice every day. And practicing the language of culture is just paying attention to who we live around, what's going on, um, and learning to speak the language of the people that we're around. I feel like Paul, everything he wrote in the New Testament, this is how he did it. When he stepped into a city, into a new culture, he learned the culture, um, how they did life, um, how they did family, how they did art and everything before he began to speak into it. And so I think that's just the practical way that we speak the language of culture. It's not, um, it doesn't come with a degree. It simply comes from, and like you said earlier, it comes from just engaging your culture, asking God to open up our eyes and lead us into those conversations. Yeah, you mentioned Paul, of course, and as a missiologist, I my heart warms when anyone mentions Paul's mm. attempt at communication. Uh, in Acts, you know, we see this in Acts, you know, thirteen, Acts fourteen, and again up in Acts seventeen. At Pisidian Antioch, he speaks the language of Jewish history. At uh, at Lystra, he speaks the language of really like the farmers of of the harvest and the the the, the sea and this and this and the sun and the seasons. And then at Acts seventeen is kind of the high point of this. He speaks, you know, the, he quotes Epicurean. And Stoic poets and philosophers. So I think it's, and and you really point us to these things. And by the way, the book is 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 you get you could pre-order the book right now. We're actually uh, a, a few days early. The book actually comes out on August fifteenth, which is my wedding anniversary. So I'm going to get it as a yeah. special wedding anniversary gift as well. But you you can and should pre-order the book. Again, the book is called Translating Jesus. And 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 I and I think Sean, I really appreciate your your passion for this because it seems to me. That um, as the world has grown uh, more secular, and we we I'm putting together some research presentations for a, a new thing I'm launching uh, on kind of just looking at data, data, data analysis kind of conversation. And I mean, everywhere in the West, you know, you mentioned you're connected with Alpha, and I was just over in the UK and spent the fall there teaching 
uh, at Oxford and a lot of people, you know, Alpha is very much more influential there. People in the U.S. may be less familiar, but I mean, very secular environment. And we're becoming in the U.S. every year, one to two percent less people identify as Christian. We're becoming that secular environment. So when I became a, a brand new believer, you know, I grew up in a nominally Catholic ho- household. So I knew there was a Bible. I just didn't think I could understand it. I knew there was a God. I just didn't think I could know him. And when someone showed me the Bible and walked me through, I mean, I just trusted and received Jesus because I was already had a almost a knowledge of some of these things. But today, I mentioned my friend at the beginning of the show, I couldn't say to him, well, let me tell you about the Bible verses that so, so, and so. Well, you say, Ed, do you not believe the Bible? Of course I do. But he doesn't. He's just trying yeah. to figure God out. So so the the gap, the chasm between us really requires some translation. So it's interesting. It's by the way, it's a very provocative title, or maybe not very it's a provocative title, translating Jesus. What are we translating? How does that what is what is that how does that work? Yeah, I love that because so much of what you just said, it's it's not so much having to know, you know, Genesis to Revelation. It really is connecting with and remembering what Jesus has done for you and telling that story to someone else. I think, um, and this is a, even a, what we use at Alpha, it's sharing your story. Um, it's sharing what God has done for you, but in a way of like, hey, this is what this is who Jesus is to me. And so you're sharing, you're opening your your very life up to even you know, the person that you mentioned at the beginning, you're sharing your very life with them. If this is who Jesus is to me, this is where I go for hope. This is how I have peace. But it's looking for what that person is going through. It's looking for something in their story. Even even in 30 seconds, you can know something about someone else by paying attention. And so if it's like you can just tell they're they're hectic or they're they're frazzled or they're trying to rally their kids together or whatever the case may be, it's looking for that connection point and then pulling pulling the Jesus piece to make that connection with them. And that's what translating is. It's stepping into their story. It's listening to their story and what's going on in their life and begin just to pull Jesus into that conversation. And the good news, the thing that's off of of our shoulders is that Jesus wants to be in these conversations. He's for those conversations. He's just, Jesus is waiting for us to step into them. And I believe we have so many moments through a given day where our paths are intersecting with so many different people. And I think for us as Christians, we let fear get in the way of like, we don't know how it's going to be received when all along Jesus is so ready for us to engage with them. And they're the ones that are looking for hope. They're the ones that are looking for an answer. They're the ones that are looking for someone to listen to them. Good word, good word. Going to continue our conversation and really invite your calls as well, because I think there's really a time and a question of how do we engage these conversations? How do we step into these conversations as well? Our phone number is 877-548-3675. Love to hear your faith sharing story. We'd also love to hear maybe how you have questions or questions you have about how to translate these conversations well. Our number again, 877-548-3675. Hey, we're back. Um, Ed Stetzer Live. I'm Ed Stetzer. I'm the Dean at the Talbot School of Theology. And for every Saturday, I'm your host at this 
and every Saturday at this time, we're talking to Shauna Pilgrim about her book, Translating Jesus, and the subtitle is How to Share Your Faith in Language Today's Culture Can Understand. As I mentioned, the book's not even out yet. That's what we do. We bring you stuff when the book's not even out. But if you go to edstetzerlive.com, uh, it actually lists the program. You click right there, and you can pre-order the book, and I encourage you to do so uh, as well. We're going to have some calls as well. want to invite you into the conversation. Again, our number is 877-548-3675, Shauna, um, so I, I came to Christ, um, kind of youth group age. I, I got in trouble. My mother forced me to go to camp as my punishment. She was a relatively new believer, uh, which, by the way, is the shudders for every youth director out there to have a kid sent to camp in trouble for punishment. But there I was. I heard the gospel and really just was changed by the power of that gospel. And and then very quickly, um, really was very passionate about my faith and obviously remained passionate about my faith. But part of the challenge is, is that, um, you know, over time and in different circumstances, I mean, it it is a long cultural distance and increasingly people are even negative towards this. You know, 20, 30 years ago when I was sharing my faith, it would be, you know, I mean, people might be maybe question or maybe not be sure. But today there might be, well, the church has done this harm and more. How do you even have a starting point for a conversation when we're starting in an increasingly negative setting? Yeah, Ed, um, you saying that, I remember just recently being in a conversation um, with someone of, an, of a new friend, and she was sharing, just she's left the church, and um, she's been hurt by the church. And, you know, she even had good reasons for why she stepped away. And, um, but just to be able to stand in that moment with her, I didn't need to give her church answers. I didn't need to give her, um, you know, all the reasons I think she needs to go back and engage in church. What I, what I'm finding in these situations is Jesus is the connection. Jesus is who we're, the the church is pointing people to anyway. The, The goal is not to point people to church. We're called to point people to Jesus. And I think as people get introduced to Jesus and who he is and what he's about, then they come to understand that Jesus is head over the church. And I know the church, we, we've, we've got work to do. And um, you know, I believe we're leaning into that. Um, but I think the goal is to point people to Jesus. And just in that conversation with her and holding the hurt with her um, and just praying that, 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 that Jesus would heal, that Jesus would um, comfort her family that Jesus would speak truth to one of her teenage kids that's really been hurt, but putting, inviting Jesus into the center of that. And then at the same time, like praying for the church to come alongside her and for her to find a church to connect to. I think, again, it's just pointing, it's pointing people to the person and the goodness of Jesus. And so many of these times we can just let him take it from there and let him do the healing and let him do the reconnecting um, and the work in that person's life. Yeah, you know, someone who loves the, loves the church, you know, I'm, I'm, I serve as a pastor at a church. I, I really, I sometimes want to defend the church, but really what I want to do that really makes the book greatest difference is appoint people to Jesus and then let them grow in the knowledge of why the church matters. Because I believe you can't, you can't love Jesus and despise his wife, the bride of Christ, but they don't probably know that at first. And in our culture, uh, we found in this, you know, I'm part of the He Gets Us campaign and and the, all the research points to the people are open to Jesus, but 
not so much to the church. Of course, that's been research we've talked about for, for decades now. All right, let's take some calls. Let's go to Phyllis in Chicago. Phyllis, you are live on the air with your question or your comment. Go right ahead. Yes, hello. Thank you so much for taking my call. My question is, um, as a believer for over 26 years, um, I've read the Bible numerous times, and so there's so much that I reference. But if I'm in a conversation with an unbeliever who doesn't even believe the Bible is true, what do I use to point to the validity of God and Jesus Christ? Phyllis, that is a great question, too. I want you to hold on, because uh, as soon as, after Shauna answers, we're going to give you a copy of uh, her new book, because that's, I, I think, part, we'll answer a big part of that. It's called Translating Jesus. Shauna, what do you think? Yeah, Phyllis, I love that. And I think um, I think we find ourselves in two situations. I think, one, we find ourselves in a situation where we might have a split second <laughs> to be able to have a conversation. And then there's some where God brings people into our lives and we realize that we can journey with this person. And I think when we're found, it sounds like you're describing a situation where maybe you just have a few minutes to be able to ex- introduce Jesus. I think three simple gospel truths. Um, and if you're able to engage in this with them is that Jesus loves you so much. Jesus loves you. And we get to love him back. And the way we love him back is understanding that what Jesus has done for us, we get to return that love by doing life with him and inviting him into our lives. And then because of that, we get to love one another. We get to share his love with everyone that we do life with. So I think those three gospel truths, those three sentences are ways we can quickly at the same time, even over a long term, um, unpack that with someone who doesn't believe. But again, I go back to the truth that what Jesus has done in your life, Phyllis, is worth sharing with someone else. Um, it's not lost. It's not in vain. It's not just for um, inside the doors of the church. But what Jesus has done in your life, Phyllis, is worth sharing with someone. Love that. Love that. Let me remind you, great call, Phyllis, uh, and others as well. Our number is 877 877- Five four eight three six seven five. Again, that's eight seven seven five four eight three six seven five. Sean, a lot of times when people ask me around this topic, is they just say, "Well, if I can just work some Bible in, or if I can just slide some Bible in." Or just, just so we're clear, uh, I deeply love the Word of God. I love you know, I teach and preach it um, and more. Um, but in a world that doesn't accept the authority of the Word of God, we're we're sort of in some ways like a like an early the early Christians who were talking to Romans who would have no context of the Hebrew scriptures or more. And so, so for me, and sometimes people will quote to me, well, you know, God's word will never return void, which, which I actually think is, is accurate and understood in this context. So is it best for me to try to just keep working in Bible verses or how can I translate who Jesus is and build that bridge? What, what's your thought? Yeah. So in the book, Ed, um, it's three sections. The book is divided into three sections. We meet at the gate, we meet at the cross, and we meet at the table. And I have a chapter in all three sections that's called Read the Scriptures, because you're exactly right. Like The Word of God is what we need, um, and that's where we get our strength. But I also believe that the Word of God gives us so many stories of how, first and foremost, people were called to engage with one another, and that's where when they see the love of Jesus in us, that's winsome. And eventually we'll get to a place where they're open to the scriptures. But I think initially, and you described our culture, this this pre-Christian culture that we're a part of. And I remember engaging with um, a few friends around the table at Alpha that we do at our church. And I had three non-Christian friends say these three things. 
when it comes to how would they want to be told about Jesus? How would they want to be told about Christianity? One person said, tell me your story. Tell me who Jesus is to you and why I should believe him. Someone said, explain to me the facts. And again, that's where, I mean, (laughs) you know this far better than I do, Ed, but sometimes when I'm in in the facts, um, I just have to tell them what I know, what I know to be true. And then thirdly, someone said, invite me to what you're a part of. And that's where we're inviting them to Alpha. We're inviting them to church. We're inviting them into our home. Um, But those were three responses from three non-Christian friends that I've been doing life with over a few months. Tell me your story. Explain to me the facts and invite me into what you're a part of. Okay, so so uh, what you, you've said a few times that you can tell kind of your story, you know, Ed Stetzer's story or Sean Pilgrim's story. You can tell your story. And, and of course, the challenge is, is that we want to have an objective standard. We we don't want to, I mean, because, I mean, Mormons would say, tell your story. Scientologists would say, tell your story. I mean, it's literally in both cases, that is the the message that they use is tell your story. You, you had, had a heartwarming feeling, whatever else may be. Um, so our story then can be on the same level as everyone else's story, but you also take that next step about sharing some of those facts. So how do you go from, um, you know, kind of that personal testimony, which again, I, I hope your church or you somewhere along the way, you've learned to write and share your personal testimony, but to, well, this is actually what we believe is true everywhere for everyone. Always. How does that work? Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up because when I even say, tell your story, it's often not saying when I was eight, I placed my faith in Jesus. Um, often it's not that part of the story that you're initially connecting with someone. But I remember being um, at a Starbucks and engaging with this guy named Pete. And we were talking about him being in town, taking care of his um, his aging father. And I just, I knew he was getting ready to head back to back to Florida and leaving his dad here. And I just let him know. I said, hey, I'm going to give you my number. I live right down the street. If you need, if you just need to like me to go and check in on him or, you know, just make sure he's okay, let me know that. And I'm in that genuinely. I could, I live far away from my family and just knowing that someone is in town, if you ever needed to get hold of them. And so as we were engaging on that, that opened up the door for him to say, wow, like who would, who in their right mind would ever think to offer you, you know, their phone number for this purpose. But when he, when he said that, and I began to explain how I moved far from family, but we moved to San Francisco because we believe God had sent us there. That was the part of the story that I used to connect with him. I didn't tell him my salvation story. I was able to tell him like why God's called us to this city. So when I talk about like telling your story, it's telling that part of the story that's connecting with that person in what they're going through right there. And when I say explain the facts, it's also just, yes, there's there's so many facts just from scripture, but Ed, there's also facts of what Jesus has done in my life that no one can argue. And I can say that like we have found family and community in San Francisco. That's a fact. And so when I say explain the facts, it's also those kind of facts, if that makes sense. No, it, does, it makes a lot of sense. And then, uh, and so, you know, at some point we want them to know that, for example, you know, God is, you know, omnipotent and omnipresent and, 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 and Jesus 
died on the cross for our sin and in our place. We want them to move into those awareness impacts and eventually to a place that, uh, you know, God, God uses the church and, and the word of God is authoritative in their lives. So what does that process look like? Let me, let me just take a pause too and mention for folks as well that we're going to take your calls in just a minute, but let me remind you we're at 877-548-3675. That's 877-548-3675. So keep us taking us down that journey a little bit further to understand uh, at, at what point do I call people to the truths of responding to the truths of the gospel and more? Yeah, yeah. And I think this is where it's messy, but it's good messy, if that makes sense, Ed, because you're first of all wanting to connect with where they are and what they're open to. And the goodness of God is that he meets people right where they are. And so engaging, um, and that's the beautiful part is that Jesus is in these conversations that we're having with them. But I think um, when I just recall conversations that I'm even currently in with people in my city, it is helping them make that next step and believing that next truth. Um, but it's on, it's on their level. Um, again, I bring up that, that pre-Christianity that we're, we're, we're living in right now. So much of this is introducing them to the Trinity, introducing them to God, the father, Jesus, the son, and the Holy spirit. It's introducing them to, to the reality of the crucifixion and the resurrection and what Jesus has done and how he's made a way for us to know him. And that by us knowing him, it unlocks. I I talk in the book about how it's a narrow gate and you find it, but so much, so much of our culture wants this freedom on this side of the gate when Jesus calls us to go through the narrow gate, and that's where the freedom is. The freedom comes on the other side of our relationship with Jesus. And again, that's again, that unlocks the story. It unlocks the story of what he's done in us. And it also unlocks the story that God has for them. Love it. Love it. We're going to continue our conversation, continue our conversation with Shauna Pilgrim. Her book is Translating Jesus, How to Share Your Faith in a Language Today's Culture Can Understand. we got some calls lined up. We're going to jump on those on the other side. Our phone number for you to join us is 877-548-3675. One more time so you can write it down. 877-548-3675. Today's show is pre-recorded, so we're not going to be able to take your great calls, but stay tuned. This is actually one of our best shows. Hey, we're back at Stetzer Live. We're having a really, I think, a helpful conversation. We've got some folks lined up on the call, so I'm guessing that's an interesting part of the conversation coming up. Again, our number is 877-548-3675. We're talking to Shauna Pilgrim. She, she works with uh, Alpha. Some of you are familiar with Alpha USA. It's the most widely used evangelism course in the world. Um, and I had the privilege of sitting down with uh, uh, Nikki and Pippa Gumbel in their home when we lived in the U.K., and just to hear their story and to hear their heart for, I mean, everything's just driven by a passion uh, for evangelism. So I love the fact that uh, Shauna, who's actually, along with her husband, Ben, co-leads Epic Church. Uh, she is, um, she's written this book, Focused for Everyday Evangelists, which again, when you hear evangelists, I know what you think. A lot of you think that's not me, but actually a big part of her point is that's actually you. And the book is Translating Jesus, How to Share Your Faith in a Language Today's Culture Can Understand. Again, the number 877. I want to encourage you to call in 548 
888-900-3675. We're going to go to Maggie here in California with us. And uh, and Maggie, you're live on the air listening on K-Wave. Go ahead with your question or your comment. Hi. Um, I'd like to ask, because I get very confused um, when I share the gospel with family or with friends. And some occasions, not all of them, but some occasions they do, um, you know, get up and leave or whatever. Or, um, you know, they make make you um, seem like, you know, you're, you're wrong by sharing it, you know, because they're from another religion or whatever. Or um, at what point should you stop uh, sharing with them and then just pray for them? Because it's clear to me that we should never stop praying for them. It's a good, it's a good word, Maggie. I want you to hold on to. We're going to give you a copy of Shauna's book as well, which does deal with how prayer relates in there as well. The book is translating Jesus. Shauna, what do you think, and how would you respond to Maggie? Yeah, Maggie, I first of all just thank you for your bravery and the love that you have for your family and wanting them just to know the love of Jesus. Maggie, I would just encourage you and encourage all of us, myself included. There's a beautiful thing that that Jesus does, and He listens. He really listened um, to other people. And so I think our challenge as Christians is we um, we want to have an answer for everything. And one thing I really push back on in the book is the practice of listening and just engaging in quiet where we don't always have to have an answer and we can listen to them. And John Stott and Ed, I'm sure you recall just uh, his love for evangelism. But John Stott teaches um, the art of double listening, where you're listening to your family um, and what they believe and what they're sharing. At the same time, you're also listening to what the Spirit is teaching you and what He might want you to say, or maybe He just wants you to pray. And so I, I agree, Maggie, there's times where God opens up the door, and that's when we just walk in and we're ready to have that conversation for however the Spirit leads. And then there are those moments where the door is still closed, and that doesn't mean we don't do anything. You said it, Maggie, that's our call to prayer and just believing the Holy Spirit can soften the hearts of your family. Yeah. So, so good. And of course, and, and Maggie's sharing in, in this case as well, you know, do you just, you, you give up, do you keep praying? And I would be a view that you want to continue to pray and continue to look yeah. for opportunities and just see what the Lord ultimately, what the Lord ultimately opens those doors or not. Exactly. And okay, I think, to- I think Ed, um, no, I was just going to say, uh, you're, you're exactly right. I think um, God is working in ways that we can't see. And uh, yeah. yeah, Maggie, I'm praying for you. Good word. Maggie, if you hold on to the line too, we're going to give you a copy of Shauna's book, um, Translating Jesus. Let's go to Daisy in Long Beach, also listening on K-Wave. We, get a, we, we love being on K-Wave, and that's my local radio station now. So I've kind of moved from Chicagoland, WMBI, and now I'm here in K-Wave land. And there's over 200 other stations that folks listen around the country, so we're thankful for all of you. You can call in. Let me tell you one more time, the number, it is 877-548-3675. But Daisy, you are live on the air from Long Beach, California. Go ahead. Uh, yes, right. Uh, hello. Uh, hello, everyone. My question is that uh, many times I come across patients in my work area, and as I go about one-on-one, I can see a lot of spiritual need. And sometimes, you know, I have said, uh, you know, do, do, this is kind of like I introduce myself, you know, the, the job uh, that I have in policies, you know, on a personal way, I don't want to share my faith with you, but I am a woman of faith, and I tell them, you know, 
and I start talking about Jesus Christ and depending on the situation. But many times I wonder, I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want to get fired because I share my faith with patients in a work setting. So how can I go about being more careful? And I understand that when God uses you and he speaks, you know, he'll, he'll go ahead and do it. But I just want to be a little bit more careful about it. Yeah. No, yeah. Stacey, it's a great yeah. question. Hold, hold on, too. We're going we're gonna to give you a copy of Shauna's book, but hold on for just a second. And, and Shauna, part of her question, too, if I understand, is it has to do with, you know, her setting, you know, when she mm-hmm. can and when she can't uh, openly share her faith. So talk to us about that. I love that, Daisy. And I love that you're you're looking for opportunities. And I just believe that God's going to unlock those for you and is unlocking those for you. Um, I have a friend, Javier, that works at a local high school here in San Francisco, and he He finds himself in situations like that all the time. But one time his friend, uh, a coworker, went uh, uh, was fixing something with the lights and and made it work. And he just made a comment. He's like, hallelujah. And um, it caused that faculty member to turn around and say, are you a believer? And it was because of him saying that that it unlocked just an opportunity that he didn't even realize was on his on his staff. And so I just believe, um, Daisy, through your creativity and the work of the Holy Spirit in you, that God's going to lead you into these conversations where you're going to be able to say something and that God's going to show you um, who it is you can say something to. I remember being in the hospital and visiting a friend and the doctor walked in and um, my friend could not communicate at that time. But by squeezing my hand, I just took that squeeze as just a nudge from the spirit to have a conversation with the doctor. And um, I just told the doctor, I said, hey, I'm a person of faith um, and just began having that conversation with her. And she let me know that she was an atheist and didn't want anything to do with it. But over time, she saw God at work in my friend's life. And so I believe that you're going to see those opportunities. And um, yeah, I'm just trusting God to protect you when you're able to have those conversations. And even just simply saying, hey, I'm a person of faith, like you said, can I pray with you? Or is there something I can pray for where you're not even having to pray at work, but it's something that you can even do in your heart or even take home with you when you're off the clock. Yeah. And I would say too, the, we all, you know, nowadays people get rightfully concerned about some of the legal implications or the work or the end up in the HR conversation. So particularly you mentioned you're in the healthcare field as well. Keep hanging on to remember afterwards, my producer is going to come on. Trisha McMillan, by the way, is filling in today for Karen Hendren and doing a great job. She'll come on in just a minute and give you a copy of that book. But I want to say to you too, that, that, uh, that typically many uh, work environments overreact and there's actually a group of conservative and liberal legal organizations put out this thing together and you know what you can say and how you can share at work um and it included like like organizations like the aclu but also included like christian organizations and it's actually surprising the kinds of conversations you can have not in general though you know going from healthcare situation healthcare situation and an unsolicited invitation to for example trust and follow jesus but um, as you live who you are and, and those opportunities are there, remember that first Peter chapter three fifteen. Uh be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. If you in the case like that, in a job situation where you live uh filled with joy, even even saying hallelujah at a moment or two or God bless you, uh and people ask more questions, the door then becomes open for you to have uh more conversations as well. And and you can actually Google online to find out, you know, what's appropriate to share at work. And there's actually some good 
uh, legal direction and guidance that's out there that actually for most people and most employers is a bit surprising. You just can't do so in a situation where somebody uh, has to listen or it's related to their future employment advancement or more. But again, we don't have time to unpack all of that. But again, a lot of that's available online as well. Okay, we've got one more segment and we're going to go right to your calls. 877-548-3675. We're having a great conversation with Shauna Pilgrim. She's written Translating Jesus, How to Share Your Faith in the Language Today's Culture Can Understand. 877-548-3675. Give us a call. Sets are live and we're continuing our conversation about really about sharing the gospel, but also in and around a brand new book that was well, so brand new. You have to pre-order it, but that's kind of cool. It's called translating, translating Jesus, how to share your faith in language. Today's culture can understand, uh, you know, I, I've served the last seven years leading the Wheaton college, Billy Graham center. I'm deeply passionate about people sharing the gospel yet. It seems we've kind of almost in a lull of that, not, not like a year lull, but like a decades long lull. Uh, when I was a new believer, uh, I can remember in the eighties, even the nineties, people having evangelism training and there was, you know, I mean, people would do whole semesters of evangelism explosion or Christian witness training, all these different things. And now, man, most of the time people are talking about evangelism. It's almost like they're like, well, we don't do it that way. They're all, it's almost a defensiveness that's there. So I was really appreciated translating Jesus, how to share your faith in a language today's culture can understand. Shauna Pilgrim's our guest. We're just going to hit the phone calls and it's kind of rapid lightning round. So Dan, we're going to go to you. Angela, we're going to go to you. Uh, and we're still going to work through, but we need to have folks to be uh, really quick in their questions or comments and then let Shauna respond quickly as well. Dan, you're up first. West Chicago. Go for it, Dan. Uh, thanks, sir. Uh, quick comment. If you have people read the Bible, um, instead of quoting it to them, it goes a lot further. My question is this. How do you answer somebody who says, hey, if you have a loving God, how come you don't accept them for who they are? It's a great question. Dan, yeah, stay in the line, too. Remember, we're going to give you a copy of the book as well. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. But, but uh, Shauna, go ahead. What's your answer? Well, Dan, if I understand you correctly, like, Jesus loves everyone, which we're called to love everyone. So there's no one that we don't accept. So um, I think the simple answer is like, you know, if you've heard that, the correct thing is like, no, I love you. I love you with the love of Christ. So the gospel's for everyone. And then discipleship yes. is going to grow and people are going to be changed as well. Let's go all the way up to New Hampshire to Angela. You're live on the air, Angela. Go ahead. Hi, I've been a Christian for ages and um, I just... I'm just trying to, okay, so I don't mind being around people, and I care for them, and they can share their story with me, and I'll pray with them, or just like I met a friend for her birthday yesterday, and we talked about prayer and, you know, things that are bothering us, and we related it to Bible verses, but I don't have that joy when I'm with people, and when I see them, it's almost like there's a wall there. I don't have that joy. I care about them, and I love them. But I don't have that joy like when I see them. And I can tell they're like, they have like this spark when they see me. And I'll try mm. and like, oh. but I don't have that joy. And I don't, am I mm. missing something? What am I doing mm. wrong? And, because the okay, God so, just hold, make introverts. Yep. So hold on. Well, first of all, introverts are good. I'm married to one. But but hold on. We're going to get the book after Shauna answers. But Shauna, what do you think? She doesn't have that joy to engage people. But there's a sense that we want to show and share the love of Jesus. 
Yeah, Angela, first of all, don't be too hard on yourself because I think we all, as um, those of us who have been Christ followers for a long time, I think we come in some of those dry seasons. But I would just really encourage you, just um, David says, God, restore to me the joy of my salvation and renew a steadfast spirit in me. So I just pray that God would restore the joy of his, his salvation over your life and that you would reconnect with what he did for you. And if what he did for you is true, then he's done it for everyone else. And so I, I do pray that that joy returns. And, and let me say too, Angela, that as somebody who like, yeah, I mentioned just earlier this week, I had this conversation with a stranger and now we've exchanged phone numbers and emails and I'm gauging about what am I look like for his spiritual questions and more. I know that for introverts, that maybe sounds like a bit of a horrifying interaction. Uh, my wife's an introvert. Uh, I have three daughters and we debate whether one of them is, but one of them certainly is an introvert. And I would just say too, you can do so in the context of relationships too, but just don't, just don't only have relationships with Christians, but build some relationships with non-Christians and share the gospel in the context of a, of a friendship that the kind of friendship that introverts have that my wife has these deep friendships with people where I tend to, you know, kind of blah. Hi, everybody. That's kind of more me as well. But great question. So hold on the line. We're going to give you a copy. Uh, we're going to go up to Calgary. Roseanne, it's a mystery to me. How are you listening in Calgary when all of our stations are in the United States? How are you listening? Oh, I get it on your app. Wonderful. Well, there you go. A, a good promotion for you. Make sure you list, download that Moody Radio app. All right, you're live on the air, Roseanne, in, Ca in Calgary. Go right ahead with your question or your comment. Oh, well, um, I have a difficulty because I'm the first uh, Christian in my family, and so there's a lot of negativity to begin with. But um, I just wanted to know, how do you um, communicate to other people if they don't even want to hear you say, God bless you? Like It's, mm. it's quite a difficult situation. Now, hold on the line, Rosanna. Remember, we're going to give you a copy of the book. But up, oh, so go ahead. You want to say a little more? Go ahead. Oh, well, I just okay, had a sister go Canada has the MAID here, medical assisted um, death. And uh, I just had a sister pass away through that from her cancer on the 3rd. And uh, it's been really difficult because I was shut right out, even from knowing what was going on. So it's. Uh, you know, if they don't want you, they just don't talk to you. So it's been a, it's been a rough road for me. That was the third death in our family, and we had two deaths, wow. two weeks. And wow. so um, I'm just, you know, I'm really concerned because they're getting up there too. And my oldest sister will be 82, and uh, we've already lost some other members of our family. So I just, you know, my. My heart is because of the urgency of the hour as well, and yeah. it just mm -hmm. I feel kind of up against the wall, and I'd really like some other advice as to know how and when to say things. Yeah, well, yeah, let's have Roxanne. Shauna jump in and share some of that as well. But let me mention to Roxanne, the, Roseanne, excuse me, stay on the line, Roseanne, because on the other side, we're going to give you, as soon as you hear Shauna's answer, right after, Trisha will come on and give you a copy of the book. So uh, what, do you, what do you think, Shauna? Yeah, well, Roseanne, first, um, I'm excited you're getting a copy of the book because I have so many stories. Uh, I love to tell stories, and there's stories all throughout the book. But first of all, I want to remind you that you bring light into those conversations. Because of who Jesus is to you, you bring that light into those conversations with your family. And then as far as what to say, to me, this is the best line I can think of, and that is, I love you too much not to tell you who Jesus is. 
I love you too much not to tell you who Jesus is for you. I love you too much not to tell you what Jesus has done for you. And I think just let that be a launching pad for what you get to say to them after that. You love them too much, Roseanne, not to tell them about the love of Jesus that's for their lives. Love it, love it. And too, and you know, she's just sharing that as folks are getting older too, uh, sometimes people are more open, sometimes they're they're less open, but again, your loving witness will also make a difference as well. Okay, we're, we've got just a few minutes left, but I want to get to Tom in Chicago, Illinois. Tom, you're live on the air from Chicago. Go ahead. Oh, thank you so much for taking my call. Um, great program. Uh, Shauna, just, just an awesome book. Uh, I haven't read it, but I can tell you that uh, it's just so timely. Um, so my thing is that I came to Christ late in life, faith in Christ late in life, uh, grew up in a family. Uh, we grew up in a Catholic, uh, had a Catholic upbringing. So there's a lot of, uh, you know, I would call it apostasy. I'm not sure if I can say that on the air, but, uh, and I may just have come did. on strong with some family members uh, early on in my walk. And uh, how, my question is, how would I, how would you recommend that I follow up with them uh, in conversation? What would I look for? What, you know, what would someone look for? I, I, I know that I kind of. Tom, I'm sorry, Tom, we only got about a minute left, Tom. So heavy. I need to interrupt you so we okay. can get Shauna time to answer. So just hold on just a second. Shauna, we got about a minute left. So again, you know, he doesn't want to come off too heavy to his family. How might he approach those relationships? Yeah, my encouragement, Tom, if you feel like, and I found myself in these situations too, where you've done a whole lot of the talking, um, myself included, I would say just take some time to listen. And I think that will surprise them, but make some time to listen to them. Let them tell you their story. Let them tell you what's going on in their lives. And I would just say, practice this thing that Jesus modeled and just be a good listener um, for a while. Yeah, and that that can open doors for subsequent conversations as well. I want to give you 30 seconds left. Would you encourage our listeners to try to speak those truths, to build those bridges, to show and share the love of Jesus? 30 seconds left. Absolutely. And my encouragement is that we get to talk to Jesus about our friends and family and our people. And we also get to pray to Jesus about our friends and family and people. And we do this so that our people will start talking to Jesus. We have the delight of being able to share Jesus with everyone we know, and it's happening all around us. We just need to pay attention. Good word. And our conversation today has been with Shauna Pilgreen. And if you go to edstetzerlive.com, you can link right to the new book. You can pre-order it right now as well. Get glad to give away five copies, but it's called Translating Jesus, How to Share Your Faith in Language Today's Culture Can Understand. And that's a real huge issue. Again, I'm digging into some statistical stuff for a presentation this week, and we increasingly find ourselves in a post-Christian secular environment. And I'm encouraged that Shauna's helping us to think about how to engage that context well. So thanks to Shauna for being our guest. Also, thanks to our team here. I've already mentioned Trish and I've mentioned, well, I should say Charles in charge of the phones. Charles has been working the phones today. Courtney, Young, and Lynn uh, have also been serving uh, our engineer. And, and Lynn sometimes serves on the phones, but Charles is there today. Courtney, thanks for your good work as well. Turn in, tune in next week. I'm going to talk to uh, pastor and author David Mathis. I think it's his third time on the program. I really like David. He's going to talk about the pursuit of humility in our walk with Christ. To hear today's program again, 
Go to EdStetzerLive.com or on the Moody Radio app. You heard from Calgary. She listens on the Moody Radio app. You can as well. And you can also listen to this program anytime you want if you miss it on Saturday. Remember, Ed Stetzer Live is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.